Hey everyone, Rhonda Cohen here. Firefighter, EMT, registered dietitian, certified sports nutritionist. Welcome to the Firefighting Female Podcast. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the Firefighting Female. I'm Rhonda Cohen and with me is my buddy Dave. Hi everybody. So, Dave. Rhonda. Let's talk about a reality. Yes. Okay. Uh, my reality is different from your reality. It's all about perception, isn't it? It's all about perception. Fake it till you make it. That's right. But listen, okay. During COVID, I hate to admit as a dietitian, I was just grabbing at food nonstop, okay? Because it was there and we weren't sleeping because we were working around the clock. And I put on, you know, the freshman 15 is the COVID 15. And I cannot get this weight to come off, okay? So I have a lot of people say, I'm doing everything right. The weight is not coming off. What is going, going on? So we talk about what they're eating, if they're sleeping, if they're exercising. And yes, they're doing it all right. It's still not coming off. So what about those pesky hormones? Let's talk about them. Well, I'll start with estrogen. Don't worry about this one, Dave. Okay. But, you know, you should know. You have to be sensitive to everybody. Well, first, let's, let's define what we're concerned with. Is right. it weight or is it an excess of blessing, as we say? Because weight doesn't necessarily, weight could be muscle. Right. Right. So it's not necessarily about that scale. And unfortunately, in the West, we're so obsessed with that scale. It's not necessarily about that. Right, because we could be putting on some significant muscle mass, right? Right. So it's how your clothes fit, it's how you appear, it's how you feel. How you feel, yeah. And that's part of it. So it's funny, one person said to me, in the course of our lifetime, we've known each other 10 pounds heavier and 10 pounds later, 20 pounds heavier, 20 pounds later, and we're the same person. So you're really not though, because you feel different, you act different. If you are fit, if you feel good about yourself, you feel better, you work better. Right, and so, you know, my whole thing with the functional movement concept in the fire rescue emergency services, you have to be able to crawl, kneel, walk, climb. And if you have an abundance where maybe you didn't used to have an abundance, or maybe you're not as strong. And again, as we grow, because my wife does not like say, as we age, as either. we grow, you know, we, our bodies change. And in emergency service work, you have to be physically and mentally prepared to, to do that. That's right. So you're eating right, you're sleeping right, you're exercising right, you're doing functional fitness, so you're incorporating everything, mind and body, but the weight's not coming off. So what could be going on? Right. Well, let's talk about cortisol. So we've all heard the word cortisol. The stress hormone. Stress hormone. But what it is, it comes from this tiny little adrenal gland on top of the kidneys, and it's our stress hormone, so fight or flight hormone, and we experience this a lot. And if you actually pay attention, you feel it. You feel it release. So if the tones go off, if suddenly you have to drive a piece of apparatus that you're not familiar with and it's a rainy night, if you're on a call and something's not going right or something scary happens, you're going to release cortisol. Even if, you know, somebody just comes up behind you and you just go, whatever, you're releasing it. And the fight or flight response, the release of cortisol, you have the hypothalamus to the pituitary gland to the adrenal gland and it releases. And I'm not a doctor. I just played one on TV last That's week. Right. But it's not necessarily a bad thing in normal life. 
The problem is chronic exposure to stress in these, in these um, positions over a period of time, it just builds up and builds up and builds up and you can't get rid of it. So you have a tolerance, right? A threat tolerance, a tolerance of, that we, uh, we all go through and a normal healthy person, right? You have that fight or flight response, cortisol is released, and within a short period of time after that emergency is over, you kind of go back to normal, and that threshold, that tolerance, is back in that framework that you need. Right, so some cortisol release you have to have because it releases glucose to the brain, to the heart, to the large muscles. So that lets you run from the big scary bear, okay? And the brain is fueled by glucose. It's also on the circadian rhythm, so we release more cortisol in the day and less at night. But if you're a shift worker, you're constantly releasing that cortisol, so it's building up. If you don't use the glucose, then what happens? It gets stored as body fat. So that's part of the problem we're seeing. So some cortisol release is amazing. But yeah, it's excess. a superpower generally. It's a great thing, but when especially like in a position where you're awake at night, like a law enforcement position where you're sitting there in a cruiser, you're on patrol, it completely is opposite from that circadian rhythm. Yep, it derails you completely. So that's one thing that could be a reason for storing extra fat and cortisol stores it as belly fat too. Yeah, so male and females, they kind of store their fat in a different location. Yep. And cortisol is also a a long-term it's, it's everything from depression to high blood pressure to anxiety to bad digestion, which is all part of it. Right. And that, that might be another concern. Yep. So ways to lower cortisol if we're releasing too much. Number one, if you get better sleep. So obviously on shift work, it may not be possible. But when you're not on shift work in your home, try to get your seven, eight hours of sleep to regenerate your system. That's number one. And then exercise, of course would definitely reduce the amount of cortisol being released because we're releasing more serotonin, which is our happy hormone, and we're not stressed. Another thing is live your best life. Find something that you love to do that makes you happy because obviously then again, you're not releasing a stress hormone, you're calm. Yeah. Any form of exercise that you do too, and I'll I'll plug in your yoga for this one too, is beneficial because I forgot to put that one in. Healthy diet, you want to decrease your saturated fat, you wanna increase your protein, high biological protein, which is your meat, fish, poultry, and eggs, or your vegetarian proteins, your tofu, your soy. Beans. Beans, all of that good stuff. And laughter, laughter really releases all of the good hormones and suppresses that cortisol. Well, there's a whole thing on laughter therapy. We won't get into that today, because. That's a great podcast, we're gonna do that one. (laughs) <laughs> but the whole, the whole thing about the chronic exposure to stress. So you go on a bunch of calls at night and you go home in the morning, your shift is over, you're still feeling those effects. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're exhausted and physically tired. You go to sleep, you don't feel like working out. You don't feel like moving your body. And it's a giant uh, revolving door. It's, it's a domino effect. One thing affects something else. And whether you're a career volunteer, any kind of emergency response, you know, you're this superpower, this cortisol, this fight or flight is a great thing, but you have to have a healthy way of getting rid of it. Right. So insulin, another one that is similar to cortisol. Insulin is made from the beta cells in the pancreas. And when we eat, the insulin is released. 
And insulin takes the food, and as it's breaking down, it pulls the sugar into the cells so we can use it for energy. If there's too much, though, it stores it as fat. And the body can become insulin resistant because if you continue to eat a lot of processed foods, a lot of high sugary foods, the insulin can't work as fast as you're putting it in. So we end up with too much sugar in the body, and that's what's called insulin resistance. Hmm. And that can be detrimental to all of us because it stores. And the typical American diet, if we've talked about, is high sugar, high fat, high this, high that. And in fact, we were talking about a future cooking demonstration that Ron is going to take a typical firehouse meal and show you how to do that, but in a maybe a little healthier way. Because there's typical firehouse meal. You're cooking for 10, 20 people, that lasagna, that you know spaghetti. It's um, not necessarily the best thing. Yeah, especially if you're eating a large quantity and then the tones go off and you think when you eat that big meal, you sit there and say, please do not let us get a working house fire right now because it's going to be the worst feeling ever. Right. You see people throwing in that extra scoop of spaghetti as they're <laughs> right. running out towards right. the, the unit, just try to cram it in. And you just hope that the dog didn't get it <laughs> or that it didn't spoil before you got back. Right. And the other thing, too, is you know, shift workers, you run calls all night long and you're not going to come back at 2 a.m. from the working house fire and start preparing a healthy meal or cutting up some veggies. You're going to grab for something simple. You're going to stop at 7-Eleven or whatever convenience store is closest to you, yep. an all-night place, donuts, Dunkin' Donuts. Right. And all of these places love to take care of the first responders because sure. food is love, but they're handing us sodas, Cokes. Yeah, coffee. Yes, right. Yeah, I mean, even at most firehouses, you'll have a coffee pot 24-7. Right. So somebody is always popping in and out. Yep, always. So that is a sabotager. Other things we have, I call them the angel and the devil in regards to appetite suppressants and things that make us feel hungry. So it's called leptin and ghrelin. And leptin, well, let's talk about ghrelin first, because I hear ghrelin, like gremlin, like, you know, yeah. scary, uh, right? So that's how I remember this one. So ghrelin is in your stomach, created in your stomach, and it sends a signal to your brain that you're hungry. So, you know, when you are digested, suddenly your stomach's thinking, well, there's nothing in here. I need food. I need to work. So send a signal to the brain saying, hey, we're hungry here. Get something into us. And, and just to interrupt for a second. So... The vagus nerve, the number 10 cranial nerve from the brain stem straight down to your gut, the longest nerve in the body, as I understand it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is, there's so much research that shows, like you have a gut feeling. You really have feelings, not just in the brain, but in the heart and the stomach. And that is tremendously important for people to keep in mind. Right. So that, that feeling in the pit of your stomach is not just, it's not just an emotion. That's like a real deal physically. Mm-hmm. So where were we? Oh, yeah. Okay, so ghrelin. <laughs> ghrelin. So what happens is you get the signal to your brain, but here's the problem. If you're overweight or obese, ghrelin doesn't really work as well. So it mm. continuously sends the signal to your brain. Mm. Feed me, feed me. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. See more. Feed yeah, me, see more. exactly. So more is going in, and it's usually not the good stuff because, let's face it, when we're really hungry, we're not going to start preparing a meal. We're going to just start grabbing. You make, you make bad decisions. Right. You make bad decisions. It's when you go shopping when you're hungry. They say never go to the grocery store hungry because you're going to go and buy everything from the center aisle because it's easier just to open up the bag of cookies. And, and the convenience stores and the fast food places 
make it easy for you to eat their food. Right. Because it, it tastes good. It's satisfying. A lot of times you can hold it in a hand. It's inexpensive, but it's just it's terrible for you. And we've I've I love institutional f- fast food, but no, 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 no. Right. It's all about making good choices. Yes. What, what's important now? I heard recently, when? What's important now? And you have to think of yourself in five years, ten years, because you're going to be different. But whatever you got going on here didn't come overnight. It took a long time. It's going to take a little while to get rid of it. So back to ghrelin. Right. But see, you just made a good point. So you don't put the weight on overnight. It's not going to come off overnight. So the thing is... Set realistic goals. You know, if you have to lose 50 pounds, set a goal of five pounds a month. That's a realistic goal, attainable goal. Or so. or do you do the measurement, the body fat, the full skin folds, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to, again, weight versus how you fit in your clothes or can you get that fire, you know, that turnout coat back on? Right. That's why I hate the BMI okay. used as a measure of weight because... When you look at professional athletes, their BMI says they're morbidly obese, but they're a solid mass of muscle. Right. So we get off task. Years ago, I took a class where they put you in a dunk tank to yes, measure, yes, and yes. that was apparently a much better way than doing the skin folds. And they measured that, and of course, that was a horrendous traumatic experience, which I don't <laughs> want to talk about anymore. But yeah, um, what's your thought on those things as opposed to the skin folds and body mass index and i think they're amazing if you have access to them right so i don't know if fire departments around the world or country are doing that for their folks i know this was a specific class i took on breathing apparatus they made you go and do this yeah but that is very cool because that will give you a specific baseline whereas a skin fold caliper depends upon who's doing it i could do it you can do it we're going to get a different reading i see that's the thing about it so ghrelin the devil leptin the angel so leptin lives in your fat cells and leptin tells your brain that you're full. The problem is, again, if you have extra weight on you, leptin doesn't work so well. Mm. So you're never getting the signal that you're full and that you keep eating and eating. What about the uh, like gastric bypass surgery? I know of a couple people, fire people, that have had that done and they've lost a tremendous amount of weight. Of course, that affect them, affected their life long, long term. Right, right, right. If they keep that weight off, yeah, that's the problem with that because there's something that happens with that called the dumping syndrome, and it's a result of releasing insulin. But after a certain amount of time, your hormones regulate, and you don't get the dumping syndrome anymore. Mm. Your body always wants to go back to its heaviest weight, as crazy as that sounds. Mm. So leptin and ghrelin don't necessarily work as well, so you're not getting the full and hungry signals that you should be getting. So what can we do about leptin and ghrelin? What you do is try to maintain a healthy body weight, and you try to exercise, and you try to eat healthy, you know, limit those saturated fats. What about, um, and maybe they're fads, maybe they're not fads, but recently we've been on this apple cider vinegar kick. What's your thought on any external thing that, it's not a diet pill, and it's not about diet, but it's also more about digestion, Mm -hmm. but any thoughts on supplements, um, not diet pills per se, but things that you can take or foods that you can eat to stimulate or uh, reduce inflammation, right? Because that's a lot of it's about inflammation. Right. Right. So there's the anti-inflammatory diet. That's a lot of fruits. So you figure fruits and vegetables, the darker the color, the more phytochemicals they contain. So a phytochemical reduces inflammation. 
And also the other thing about fruits and vegetables, obviously they're low in calorie and they're high in water content. So you can eat a significant amount to a point of feeling full with limited calories. Plus you're improving your hydration because you don't just get hydration from fluids. Uh, it also comes from food sources. Gotcha. So that helps too. Not eating processed foods. If you look at a label and there are more words on that label that you don't understand than you do understand, probably not the best food for you to eat, which is why we say whole foods. So whole food are things that don't have labels. Gotcha. Fruits, vegetables, meat, things that are just what they are. There's a book out called Twinkie Deconstructed. It came out many, many, many years ago. We buried a Twinkie in the time capsule at the new station because we knew it would last in there for 100 years because oh all the chemicals. I can't wait till we pull that time capsule up. When I are we doing it? I don't know if we're going to be around, but we'll see. Let's just do it. Lord willing. Let's do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is so cool. So what happened with this? This father has his kids in the car, and they're hungry, so he gives them a box of Twinkies. And they're driving down the road, and the kids are like, Dad, what is, like, dimethyl? I'm making up this word. Yeah. Hexyl, whatever. And the dad's like, I don't know. Next word, hey, Dad, what is guarxanthum something? I don't know. And finally the dad says, what are you doing? What are you talking about? And they <laughs> said, we're reading the box and the label. And that's what these kids were eating. So mm -hmm. if you don't know what the food is, don't eat it, right? Or, of course, food is not just for nutrition. So you limit or, you know. Well, we have an adage at our house. If it tastes good, spit it out. You know? <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. Which, yeah. I love it. Right. Because everything that tastes good, right, in the real world is probably going to be a saturated fat or processed food. Yeah. yeah. Right. Sugar. I mean, oof. sugar, sugar. Yeah. We're going to do a whole podcast on sugar because that's, that's a whole topic in itself. So we've talked about insulin. We've talked about cortisol, leptin, ghrelin, estrogen. Okay. I got this one, Dave. Well, you can, your feminine side can come out on this one. You it's can 2023, in. right? It's okay, we can we talk can, about yeah. this. So, ladies, as we age, our estrogen goes down. Now, estrogen controls our, what does it control? It controls our fat, it controls weight management. So, as we age, we lose estrogen. So, now our body is storing more and more fat, and it's more and more difficult to lose the weight. So, ladies, what do we do? A couple things. Number one, naturally, obviously, we can increase our exercise. We may have time in the day to do it. We may not. But any amount of exercise counts. So even if you can wake up 10 minutes before you're supposed to, and even just do a light stretch because we're not going to start jumping up and down as soon as we get out of bed, that's going to help. Walk on breaks. If you're still working and you have a lunch break, go for a walk. Yeah, take, take the steps. Take Park the steps. further away from the store than you need to. Just to, all these little things. I saw recently about belly fat. It's really about walking and moving right. you know, the body. It's not necessarily about the HIIT workouts or this or that. It's about movement. And yep. you can try all these other things, but there's a lot of little things you can do. Absolutely. And choose healthier foods. Decrease your calorie intake. When you say that, people think they're going to be starving. No. You actually will feel more full if you eat things that contain high dietary fiber, like your fruits, your vegetables, beans, whole grains, because your insulin will get back to insulin. It doesn't have to release as quickly. It takes longer to break these foods down, giving you a longer feeling of satiety. So tell me a little bit about this 
evil word we call carbohydrate. Because I have this conversation with my students all the time, my yoga students. One happens to be a nutrition person. And we were talking about green beans. And she uh -huh. said, there's carbohydrates and green beans. Right. And I'm like, and I, I like canned green beans with all the crap in them. But this yes, person. Yes, the green beans are brown, right? Right. right, <laughs> right. Institutional green beans. Right. Yeah. So here's the deal. Carbohydrates are not the enemy. It's a fad diet that has created the image of carb diets being the enemy. But think about this. Pretty much everything is a carb, right? Except for high biological proteins. There's two different kinds. You have a simple carbohydrate and you have a complex carbohydrate. The simple carbohydrates are everything that tastes good. It's your candy, cookies, brownies, pies, sodas, white, they always say avoid the white, like white rice, white potatoes, white bread. White bread, yeah. Those things are all simple carbohydrates because they break down very quickly. They're loaded with sugar. And those are the things that in your house you say if it tastes good, spit it out. And somebody told me that bread in the United States would be considered cake over in Europe because there's so much sugar that's in it. That's right. That's right. And that's why also what is so interesting, if you look at different countries, people are so much healthier in Blue, countries other than us. Blue zones and stuff right, like that. Right, blue zones. Complex carbohydrates are very necessary. Those are your fruits, your vegetables, things like whole grain pasta, whole grain bread, quinoa, brown rice. You need these things because you need to break them down. You need sugar in your body. You need to be able to function. It sends energy to your cells, to your muscles. So carbohydrates are not the enemy. We need to have them. It's just picking and choosing the good ones. So follow the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time you eat healthy, 20% of the time have your treats. Again, food is not just for nutrition. If you want that piece of cake, go ahead and have it. It's, it's an emotional thing. Right. And I tell people, definitely do this. Have one cheat meal a week. Now, for some people, they can't get back on track after that <laughs> one cheat meal. But if you choose one meal a week to eat whatever you're craving, say you want to go out and have your pizza and your beer, go for it because it satisfies cravings and it gives you something to look forward to. And that's what you do. And how does that relate to the estrogen and some of the other things? This is, again, when we talk about the mind-body balance. Yeah. If you continue on a pattern of, I'm not going to eat anything that has more than five grams of fat, you know, whatever, five grams of sugar, you're going to be miserable. Well, most of us will be miserable. There's some people that can do this and really enjoy this lifestyle. But most of us do not. Well, it's caloric deficit that's going to create, you know. Weight loss. Weight loss, yeah. And you know, of course, if you talk to a dietitian like myself, we're going to try to gear you and steer you into eating good food. But the bottom line is, if you are a person that eats pizza and candy all day long and you want to continue doing that, okay, cool, just decrease the calories because it's just a matter of decreasing calories. I'm not promoting that. I'm promoting to eat healthy, but I'm just saying it's a matter of eliminating calories and burning more than what you're taking in. So I think if you're doing everything right, here's the bottom takeaway, and you are eating well, you are counting your calories, you're exercising, you're sleeping, but the weight's not coming off, it could be the hormones, those pesky hormones that are creating the problem for you. So maybe think about your stress level. Maybe think about, hey, am I releasing a lot of cortisol? Is my lifestyle being too stressful? Yeah, or maybe it's something where, you know, go to a doc, get a get some blood work or whatever, see where you're at, if see that where would you're tell at. you. Yep, and that's the thing, you know, we promote annual physicals all the time. Yeah. 
So, you know, with my part-time at First Responder Center for Excellence, we're always saying annual physicals are your key to success. And it's scary because it's the unknown and your fear is, well, what if they find something? Yeah. I'm going to be taken off of the street. I'm going to be taken out of my firehouse. I could have a desk job right, right. or worse. I mean, it could retire you, right? Right. So nobody wants to go get their annual physical, but you <laughs> need to get your baseline. You yes. need to know where you're at because knowledge is power. And we have friends that we know that have been saved by their annual physical. Yeah. I mean, we could have lost people right. to heart attacks. 100%. Right. Yep. And to cancers. Yep. So do it. Just do it. You know what? It's that's the okay. word of the day. Just do Just it. Just do it. Take so, care of yourself. That's, that's the truth. If you get your baseline, you know where you are. Nine out of ten times you're going to be fine. But if you're not, you'll get something resolved. And guess what? Now you're living another, you know, billion years you're going to still have a continued successful career yeah you might just be sidelined for a little bit it's all good your body is telling you hey you need to take a break all right we got it that was exhausting i know i gotta lay down yeah all right let's go get a um, cheeseburger oh cheeseburger and fries and, fries. and a milkshake. milkshake chocolate i got it okay <laughs> all right folks that's a wrap see you next time thank you for listening until next time stay safe Take care of each other, and most of all, thank you for your continued dedication to the community you serve. 